Hey, what's up, y'all? This is a continuation of Defeating the Devil. This is Gloria TP5 from Resurrected for a Reason. And we left off with repenting your sins. As you may or may not know, repenting, confessing your sins to the Lord leads a pathway, a water pathway, to your blessings. When you repent, it's like having a clean slate starting all over again. And as many of us also know, when you pray, when you pray, you must pray every day. You can't pray twice a week and then expect whatever you wanted to come through. As I spoke to a friend, I asked him, How often are you praying about this? He said, ever so often. No, that's not how it works. You must pray every day. Jesus prayed every day. Jesus went to the mountain to pray while leaving his disciples on hard ground. Prayer is so important. And some people think, oh, I can pray whenever I feel like it. No. Honestly, honestly think prayer is a commitment. You must be committed to it. Just as you like to wake up and brush your teeth and get ready for work or get ready for wherever you're going or even exercising daily, cooking daily, those are commitments. You must do it. And honestly, praying doesn't have to be 20-minute prayers, 10-minute prayers. What I do is, a lot of the time, I pray for one person at a time throughout my day. So I'm praying all day long. I'm not asking you to do that, but I know because I have to take care of my mother. I don't have a lot of time for myself. I don't have a lot of time for myself. So I set aside five minutes throughout my day to pray for each individual in my life or each group in my life. And praying, sometimes you don't know how to pray or what to pray for and when to pray, the who, what, why, where, and how. It's tough, I understand. Because some people cannot pray out loud. Some people feel nervous praying out loud you don't have to pray out loud but just know this the more time you commit to prayer the better your life will be and I'm a testimony of that because I remember in the beginning I was having a lot of trouble taking five minutes to pray because I didn't like being silent noise Noise, I had to have noise all the time. When it was quiet, I got nervous and jittery. It made me nervous when there was silence because I felt like something was going to jump out at me, you know? And I started with setting aside 10 minutes every morning to pray. As soon as I got up, took my medicine, I would pray. And you know what helped? Having a book, a notebook, a notepad, 
and writing down what I was going to pray for. Because sometimes we think, okay, I'm going to go pray for 10 minutes. And then when it's time to pray, you can't think of anything. It doesn't have to be filled with fancy words and fancy phrases. You let the Lord put the words into you to pray. Whatever the Spirit tells you to pray for, that's what you pray for. Because I remember in the past, I thought, okay, let me write down my prayers word for word for word. And many a day, I wouldn't follow it after I've written it. I'm like, that's not what I feel like I need to pray about. But you know what's good about having a prayer book? Say, for example, you pray for something in January. Every day. And then maybe three three months later... It comes. You're like, wow. Then you can look back and see, oh, okay. That's when I prayed for it. This is when it came. But not every not not every time you pray is going to be the same situation now. But praying daily. Praying before you eat. Giving thanks through your day. When you wake up in the morning. Sometimes it's easier for people to, to pray when they get up in the morning. Sometimes they set an hour for the day and say, okay, this will be my hour of prayer. Or maybe before bed. There's several times and several ways you can pray. But the whole point of praying is to thank the Lord for what you have and asking for prayer requests of what you need and God will fulfill it at His will. And I know sometimes it can be frustrating when you pray for something for years and years and years and it doesn't come through. And then suddenly here it comes. You're like, wow, it took that long. You know, we all have plans for our lives and so does God. Sometimes our plans don't match. And I know my plans did not match. With God's plans throughout my whole life. Seriously, it didn't. It never matched. But you know what? Sometimes the plans that God has for us is better than the plans that we have for ourselves. (laughs) Let me tell you. Let me just share a story with you. There was a person in my life that I couldn't get along with. 32 years. 32 years. And then suddenly, we had a moment. And we get along now. We talk every once in a while. We're not best buds. But we respect each other for who each other, who we are as individuals. What we have accomplished. What we can and cannot do. Our differences, our weaknesses, our strengths. And that came from years and years and years of prayer. But guess what? I wasn't repenting until two years ago. So you can see the difference when you repent and you pray and when you just pray. There's a big difference. Secondly, when you are defeating the devil... You need to do a mental timeline through your life. What in your life have you done 
that you haven't asked God for forgiveness or even confessed to the Lord about. Who in your life have you done something wrong to or they have done something wrong to you? What has happened in your life that you can remember of? Because honestly, I can't rem- I can only remember as far as five or four years old. I can't remember before then. But there were rights and wrongs, bad turns, good turns. There were things in my life that I wish I would have done. There were things in my life that I wish I didn't do. But my whole point is, you need to go through your life and think of that timeline, even if you have to write it out. Maybe there were people in your life that you didn't make amends with. Maybe there are people in your life that you should have not been around. Or maybe you as an individual, you can always renew your life. But what I mean is you need to go through your life, go through the timeline of your life of what you remember of things that were negative in your life. Now, where did it come from? Where did it come from? What I'm talking about is negative stuff in your life, you know, temptations, addictions. Um, Maybe you had a fight with a relative. Maybe you you took something of somebody's and you never gave it back. And I'm not just talking about objects. Maybe I'm talking about a feeling. Maybe you maybe you were bullied by somebody. You know? What I'm saying is don't feed the devil's hunger. That's the next point. Don't feed the devil's hunger. When you're going through this timeline in your life, think about where the negativity came from. Who triggered it? What triggered it? When did it trigger? How are you holding on to something that happened 20 years ago? Are you holding on to something that seemed like it didn't matter? Say, for example, someone did something to you. Like 10, 20, 30, 40, even 60 years ago. And you're holding on to it. Maybe they for maybe they said I'm sorry, but you don't believe the sorry. Maybe you've forgiven someone, but you really weren't forgiving them. Those things like that. Think about them. Heal from them. Talk to God about them. And again, ask for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. How do you deal with situations like that? Where people have done things to you. And they say sorry, but that sorry doesn't mean anything to you now. What do you do about that? Again, you ask God for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. You don't want to feed the devil's hunger. Because when you keep feeding him, he'll keep coming back. Because he knows when to trigger certain things. He knows what to say to you in your mind. 
And how do you know the difference between the devil and God? God doesn't bring negativity into your life until he's trying to show you a lesson. How do I say it? Why am I saying this? People come into your life for a season. There are certain people you just can't get along with no matter how much you try. And you try to tell them, leave me alone. Don't come near me. I'm not hanging out with you because you bring negative into my life. Or you cut off a friend that you thought was a friend, but they're talking behind your back. Or you have a man that you thought was true to you, and he cheats on you. Or you have those couples where the man has side chicks and he's married. Or even women who have side, side men and, he, and she married. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? You get counseling, get prayer, read the Bible. In the Bible, there are stories you that you wouldn't believe. The story, Hosea. Oh my gosh. When you read that, you're going to be like, whoa, hold up, wait a minute. What's going on in this thing here? Woo! When I wrote, when I read Hosea and I was writing down the answers to the Bible, Bible um, study homework, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Hosea sounds just like what you think it is. And I ain't going to say that word on here. But y'all need to read that story, Hosea. That was a committed man. That woman was a, you know what? She was doing whatever she wanted on the street, doing whatever she wanted to do. But that man stuck with her. Why? Because Jesus and God asked him to. He kept committed. Uh Uh-huh. Right. So read that story, y'all. Mm-hmm. So continuing with don't feed the devil's hunger. Where is the negative energy coming from in your life? You might have to go back, way, way, way back. You might have to go to a spot that you don't want to go to. But when you do that, you begin the process of healing. Now, a big part of it for a lot of people is abuse. Maybe an addiction. Maybe you were having suicidal thoughts. Maybe you had PTSD, anxiety, depression. Maybe you were diagnosed with a specific condition. Maybe you lost somebody. Maybe you just started to feel depressed and anger. Maybe you don't have, feel like you don't have any self-esteem. Maybe it was in your teen years. Maybe when you were little. It's all up to you to go through that timeline and discover in your life what triggered the negativity. Why it built up to something that feels like a time bomb going off in your body. Maybe you had a physical breakdown, mental. It could be a mental breakdown, a spiritual breakdown. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you're homeless. Maybe you have, are going through a divorce. Maybe you lost your best friend. 
Maybe you have an eating disorder, a panic disorder. Maybe you're diagnosed with something like epilepsy or sickle cell disease or lupus, AIDS, whatever it may be. Where did that negativity start? Are you asking me? It wasn't in my control. Some things were. That's what I'm talking about. The things that were in your control. Or even, you know what? Let me talk about both of them. Because for me, my negativity started when I was six years old. There were certain people I couldn't get along with. Certain people I didn't trust. But I knew my negativity came from when I was in a kid age. I was six years old. And I didn't recognize the anger until I hit my 30s, y'all. Can you believe living that way 24 years and you can't figure out what's going on? You don't know why you're angry. You don't know where it's coming from. Sometimes it will hit you like a time bomb. And you're like, oh my God, now I know where it's coming from. A lot of things in common, like, Sometimes it's father-daughter issues, mother-daughter issues, um, husband and wife issues. Maybe it's an employee that you're, you've hired, um, you know, and you go there and you like, oh my gosh. Like some people, some, some women are terrified of men. Literally terrified of men because they were sexually abused or abused physically, financially, verbally. And you just jump every time a man comes behind you and your heart just jump. Or you avoid having sex. Period. And I'm not talking about the sex before marriage thing. I'm talking about people who are in love. But still cannot make love. Because one partner has dealt with sexual abuse. And is not dealing with the situation. And then they become scared of men or scared of women or whatever it may be. Maybe you're scared to go to a certain spot in the city because you were jumped there or abused there or someone died there. All of that is the devil, y'all. It's the devil. Don't feed the devil's hunger. Though we all go through so many things, we have to deal with why this happened, how it happened. Why keep holding on to something that has already happened? You have to get counseling. You have to get counseling. And many people will say, oh, you just need the Bible. For me, I didn't just need the Bible. I needed the Bible. I needed counseling from a pastor. I needed counseling. I needed support groups. I needed a family that could support me. All of that. Sometimes we need beyond the Bible. Because sometimes, yes, the Bible is important. But if you don't understand the Bible, if no one's teaching you the right info, the Bible's not going to mean nothing to you. It's just going to be a book with a whole bunch of pages and words on it. Seriously, I mean, think about it. What if, okay, for example, me, I speak English. That's all I can speak. What if someone gave me... Um, a Hindu book and said, here, read this. I'll be like, uh, huh? 
Someone's going to have to teach me the language before I read that. It's the same thing with the Bible. If you don't understand the simple words in the Bible, you're not going to understand nothing. It's really, you might understand snippets of the Bible. But you might not understand any of it. That's what I'm saying. Like, the Bible is a precious... A precious book. But if you don't understand how to understand the Bible, you don't understand the history of certain things in the Bible. If you don't understand the characters and why they act the way they do. Different words, mercy, grace, salvation, faith, um, persecution, all of that. You don't understand that, you're not going to understand the Bible. So if you want to use the Bible, you must find a great teacher. You must find a great teacher. The teacher's responsibility is to teach you the information. What you do with it, that's your responsibility. Okay? So, where is the negativity energy and energy coming from? So, where is the negativity and energy coming from? You got to really think about it. It might take a while. But believe me, when you figure out where it came from, who triggers that anger, it could be, to me, it's certain movies, certain people, certain music, certain places. There's, just go through your mind, like, and think about this. Are you holding on to friendships that don't bring positivity into your life? Are you holding on to friends on Facebook that don't even say a hello to you once a year? Are you holding on to numbers on your phone from ex-boyfriends and ex-girlfriends? Just in case you feel lonely, you need to delete that. Because that's the devil right up in there, y'all. Don't want to keep that. And be, you got to block people sometimes, you know. Because I have a few friends that I had to get rid of because they were just too obsessive. Following me everywhere. I remember one person. Like, oh, as soon as I deleted them, oh, I got I got erased from your Facebook page. I'm like, wow, you're a real stalker. Because that was a two seconds into it. I'm like, I need to get rid of this person. <laughs> I need to, like, Believe me, I've been, I've had four or five, I've had about five, let me see, one, let me see, one, two, three, four, yeah, five stalkers in my life, and they were all men, all men, just follow me around, <laughs> is my friends at Centennial, there's a specific friend of mine who knows what I'm talking about. And there were two guys that followed me around on a regular basis. Followed me from class to class. Had to get my number. I was like, uh, leave me alone. There's something about being cute. But there's then there's something being about being obsessive. That's what I'm saying. Like, you need to erase those people out of your life. Get rid of them. You know, I'm not talking about in a negative way. I'm just saying, block them off your phone, erase their number, change your number if you have to. You know, like, really. 
You gotta block those kind of people that feed the devil's hunger out of your life. And the last two are, do not seek revenge of people. Do not seek revenge of people. This one's a tough one because I can imagine how many people are listening to my podcast. I want you to take a minute and think of the times when people did something to you. And your mom or your dad or caregiver says, no, you know better than that. Now you know better than that. You remember that? Now you know better than that. Than to go and do that thing. You know you're not supposed to do that. You know how many times I wanted to be like home, please? Do you know what I've been through? Do you know what they put me through? Oh, uh uh-uh. How many times I wanted to get revenge on someone? You know how many times? Oh, countless times. But you know what stopped me? Christ. Knowing Christ, that's what stopped me. Because guess what? I would not be alive today if I went through with getting revenge on people. Believe me, some people would have broken legs for what they did to me. And I'm not talking about a one-time thing. I've had a bully on my butt for years. Destroying everything in my life that they could possibly destroy. And I have people in my life that are like that. They don't give a... They don't care about my life. (coughs) Excuse me. They don't care about my life and where it went. As long as they can get what they wanted from me and then dip out. You know how many guys cheated on me? And I didn't give them a reason to cheat on me? You know how many friends try to tee things from me? And then they want to call me back later for some more? I feel like they didn't steal what they stole. And then people in my life who try to destroy me. Sexually. Spiritually, financially, verbally, all of that. I went through all of it. I've been through hell and back several times in my life. But you don't get revenge on people. I know that's hard to hear. You don't get revenge on people who have hurt you. It is very hard not to do. I understand that. But you know what? It's not our, it's not, what should I say? We don't have the right to get revenge on people. We don't have the right to punish people for what they've done. Only God has the right to do that. You know how many times I wanted to to just blow up from what people have done to me? But you know what? No one knows how to handle people better than God. Let me say that again. No one knows how to handle people better than God does. It's hard, I know. It's hard. Sometimes it brings me to tears to know what certain people do to me and then just keep going like life is cool and I'm going to do what I want and I get everything I need and all that or whatever. You think those people got away with it? Oh, no, they didn't. Because people can crumble without you even knowing. There's something called the body. 
the health deteriorated. People smiling on the outside but hurting on the inside. People living two lives. Two-faced people. Hypocrites. Liars, stealers, cheaters. Oh, they're going to get theirs. Don't worry about that. But also wishing evil on someone, that's a sin. Don't do that. Don't do it. All I know is when someone does something to me and it hurts me to my core, I ask God to forgive me for being angry. Forgive me for wanting to take revenge and to protect me from that. And at that, you must let it go. Let God handle it. Because what did I say? No one knows how to handle people better than God. You know why? He knows what they're thinking, what they're doing, their body functions. He knows their timeline of their life. And you think someone's going to get away with it? 10, 20 years from now? Maybe something will happen to them and then they'll click in their mind like, Oh, I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. All you can do is forgive yourself for being angry and forgive them for putting harm towards you. And if they continue to do so, you need to get help. Especially those women who get beat up by men, sexually abused, get help. Don't stick around. Don't stick around. Because I've seen that happen to a few of my friends. One woman almost got beat to death. I didn't even know her story until she told me. She doesn't even live in the same country as me. But I know this. When you go through something. And it brings you nightmares. Panic attacks. Just negative feelings. All the time. And you don't know what to do. You must talk to the Lord. He knows all. And he sees all. And he hears all. And sometimes it hurts so bad. Because I'm sitting here thinking about the things that have been done to me. And I did not seek revenge. And again, you're not supposed to seek revenge. That's God's respon- not responsibility, but that's God. He, does, he doesn't seek revenge, but he will show them what they did with wrong. And it's up to that person to forgive. It's up to that person to live a better life. But you know what? All you can do, all you can do is examine yourself. Examine yourself. I'm not saying stick around so you can get beat up and bullied and all that. Get the help that you need right away. You don't want to end up six feet in the ground. Because you took too long to leave. There are help numbers. There are 1-800 numbers. 
call the police, talk to a friend, have an escape route, and have a plan. Don't just say, oh, I'm going to leave now, unless they actually are. It feels like you're really in danger. You must call for help. On Google, there are so many numbers around the world that can help you. If your situation is that hard and that tough. So I'm saying, you must protect yourself. Because there are evildoers out in this world. And some people just can't seem to see that you want to be happy. Some people can't stand the sight of you being happy. And I'm dealing with a lot right now. In every direction of my life. But you know what keeps me standing? Knowing. Knowing that God has my back. God is protecting me. But you always must obey the Lord. You have to have obedience. You can't do a whole bunch of stuff against God and expect to be protected by God. And lastly, the language you use, the language you listen to, the language that triggers you. Think about the music you listen to, the movies you watch. A big thing. Dance hall music, y'all. That's a big thing. Dance hall. For years, I had no idea what they were saying. Yes, I'm a Jamaican. But my mom never really brought dance hall music around me. I discovered it by myself. But it's a very sexual music. There are a lot of dance hall music that doesn't have sexual language in it but there is a lot so it's kind of half and half and the other day I was driving around with my boyfriend we were going to the grocery store just to pick up a few things because we had two hours to spare before our bible study so the grocery store is about five blocks from my house so we went And music came on. It wasn't dance hall. It was R&B. So I'm saying not just dance hall, but there's music around in every category almost. That triggers sexual language. And the song was playing for a good five, five, five minutes Two no, two minutes. Yeah, two minutes, right? And it was playing, and me and him were having a conversation. We really didn't hear the song, and I was like, oh my gosh, what are they saying? And my my boyfriend looked at me like, I'm like, don't even think that, nope. And then I was like, wow, it's so true that music can trigger the wrong spots in you. It can also trigger good spots in you as well. But I'm saying like, Think about what you have on your Spotify. What are you listening to? What music collection do you have? What movie collection do you have? What books do you have? 
you know? Certain thing, a lot of people struggle with porn. And people who are single or have a problem, even even people who are with people and have are married and engaged and all that, porn is another thing. It triggers unhealthy sexual language. Like, if from what I know, there is no speaking really in horns. It's just sexual activity. And so that's another thing as well. And people think, yes, Jesus, the Lord created sex, but not in that form. It's supposed to be a holy thing. It's supposed to be a, a covenant thing. You know, and some people think of, there's different, I was talking to my friend about common law. And um, I was talking about uh, marriage, right? And I was thinking, okay, where in the Bible does it say Adam and Eve got married? Where in the Bible does it say that Adam and Eve had a ceremony? But we have to remember they were the first two humans on earth. So God could just snap his fingers and say, y'all are married. Go ahead now. <laughs> and um, not really sure where it talks about common law in the Bible. But I know it talks about marriage and what it should mean in the Bible. But for years, for years, not until last year, I wasn't thinking about marriage. I wasn't thinking about none of that. I'm like, I'll probably be alone for the rest of my life. You probably wonder why would you say that, Gloria? When you have certain health conditions, you think, okay, I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. Not true. Not true. But, and again, goes back to defeating the devil. I let the devil put in my mind that I could never be married. That I could never have a job. That I could never have a boyfriend. That I could never have a podcast. You know, I was battling with myself before I started my podcast. I could hear the, and the funny thing is, you know, sometimes when you hear the devil's voice, it doesn't always sound evil and, and, and attacking. It Sometimes it sounds like a gentle voice saying, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, no, you can't do this, you can't do that. Oh, you're shameful, oh, you're this, you're that, you're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. And you're like, oh. Sometimes you don't even realize it's the devil speaking. It's not you speaking that way. It's not you speaking that way. It's the devil trying to enter into your mind to make you feel that way. You know? So think about what you listen to. Think about the language you, and, and also the language you're speaking. What do you what is what is going through your mind daily? What is coming out of your mouth? What is coming out of your mouth? For example, in my counseling session with um, Epilepsy Toronto, we had to do an activity. Um, if I can remember every detail, it said, write down a thought. What are you thinking right now? And I remember my first thought was, let me get this open. Okay, so... 
let me go to my page. Okay, here. Basically, I said, how am I supposed to go to the store with no ride and no money? And I said, I feel anxious. I can always go tomorrow. And your brother is not expecting a present today. His birthday is tomorrow. So what I'm saying is, when you think of a thought, say for example, I'll give you a rerun for that. So basically you say, say for example, you say, I'll never get a job. That's the devil right there. It might be realistic, but guess what? When the devil feeds you a negative thought, you can change it around. Perfect example. This is the negative thought from the devil. I'll never be able to walk. I will never have a job. That one's very common. I will never have a job. I will never work again. You're feeling nervous, but guess what? You can turn that around and say, over time, I can be trained to work again. See how I flipped it? You can always flip it. And when the devil gets tired of your positive thoughts, he will go. He will go. Because when the devil is overwhelmed with positivity... He feels, oh, I have no place here, so he's gone. But he will be back. That's why you have to train yourself out of negative thoughts. So I can see this episode is getting long. So I am going to close it and say thank you for listening to my two-part episode about defeating the devil. And the next episode, I will be talking about persecution. All right, y'all. So... This is Gloria TP5 Unresurrected for a reason, baby. All right, so <laughs> I know it wasn't planned, but yeah. <sighs> Thank you for joining me on Resurrected for a Reason. Y'all can catch me on Spotify and you can get me on my Facebook page, Resurrected, Resur- <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Resurrected for a Reason. I'm sorry, I'm so tongue twisted right now. But yeah, so you can check me out on Facebook, Resurrected for a Reason, and on Anchor, Resurrected for a Reason. And you can leave a message on anchor.fm. Let me know you're listening. And you can check me out on Spotify, y'all. Make sure you follow me so whenever an episode pops up, it will notify you. All right, y'all. So y'all take care, and I'm hoping that y'all learn something about defeating the devil. All right, if you want to share your experience with me, go ahead and leave me a message, y'all. Peace and love, y'all. And remember, God is always on time. And the devil is a liar and he has no place in our hearts.